you miss Canty and Carlin? Boy, the Kansas City Chiefs look like they are the best team in a loaded AFC. It is Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. That's where you can watch us now, the ESPN app. Just open up that app, hit watch on the bottom tab, and bang, right there. Let's go, Canty and Carlin, on this Monday, October the 3rd, Christopher... Lee Canty, I couldn't think of anything. I, I reached down and there was nothing there. Well, so you weren't were the original. Well, yes. I mean, you were distracted. Somebody was calling you trying and to I figure out how they could the watch ringer. us because we're on the ESPN app. <laughs> it used to be ESPN+. Plus. So people are trying to figure things out. And you got a phone call at the top of the show because somebody wants to know, how can I consume Canty and Carlin? And I don't blame our listeners. I don't blame our viewing audience. You know, it's a little bit confusing. But we're here for you. We're here to help you out. We're also here to help you understand what happened in the National Football League in week four. I wish I could say that's why they were calling us my brother who's just being stupid and forgetting I have a show that starts, I don't know, now. He just wanted me to call you the ball mama and say good luck for the show today. That's all it was. Different brother. Uh, (laughs) At any rate, boy, on Sunday night, the Kansas City Chiefs looked like a team that was ticked off about what happened the week earlier mm. against the Baltimore Colts, Baltimore, against the Indianapolis Colts. Wow, you are throwing it wow. back, brother. Yeah, I think it's because we had the Ravens for, uh, yeah. you know, last week, and we've got a lot to discuss when it comes to that football team. Johnny Unitas is not walking through that door. I, I couldn't tell you if he did. I wouldn't even know what he looked like. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Mr. Canty, with all of that in my Patrick Mahomes last night, it's funny, we're sitting here, on Friday, talking about Patrick Mahomes not getting his due and being somehow underrated that people forget about how good he is. And it's almost like he wanted to tap America on the shoulder last night and say, hey, remember me? Show's over here. And he showed it against the team that we felt was the best defensive team in all of football, and he shredded them. No, he's not tapping America on the shoulder. He's trying to hit us upside the head with a bag of nickels. (laughs) Is what he's trying to do. Like, hey, I'm that dude. And it's weird because we talk about these MVP odds and we're throwing Josh Allen out there, Lamar Jackson's out there, Jalen Hurts, and you know the volume on that conversation is only going to get louder with the Eagles being the lone undefeated team in the National Football League. But if you just watched what Pat Mahomes did yesterday, it was absolutely surgical. I'm thinking about the third down where Carlton Davis has got him in the grasp. They came on a Cobra Blitz. Mm. Had the had the Chiefs offense dead to rights, and yet Pat Mahomes is somehow able to shrug off Carlton Davis just enough to pitch it to Juju for a first down completion. Or you're thinking about what happened at the end of the second quarter when they're down at the goal line. And, oh, I'm sorry, Pat Mahomes hits Devin White with the spin move, and then when you think he's going to try to run it in, just lofts it to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, an ad-lib play. It's really, it's really remarkable that he's still finding a way to make these huge plays in second reaction opportunities without the speed element of Tyreek Hill. And everybody was wondering, what was this Chiefs offense going to be without Tyreek Hill? Well, I think they've answered it through the first quarter of the season. They're going to be the most explosive offense in the National Football League. Carlin, their offensive EPA is 51. For context, the next best team is the Philadelphia Eagles at 38. What that means is nobody is remotely close to offensive efficiency in scoring points as the Kansas City Chiefs. That's how good they are. Carlin, they've scored 15 touchdowns through four games. They've punted 12 times. (laughs) 12. 12. 
Just so, think so, about that. You know, just think it, about that. No, it's, it's it's it really is incredible, Carl. And 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 you hear these conversations, and and Rex Ryan was banging a drum for this last week and saying, well, they lost to the Colts. You know, having Tyreek Hill mask all of these mistakes, it covers up all of the deficiencies. And I'm just like, Tyreek Hill wasn't the issue against the Colts. Their special teams was an abomination. They had so many miscues. The unsportsmanlike conduct for Chris Jones that extended the game-winning drive for the Colts. You're talking about a muff pump by Sky Moore at the beginning of the game. A fake field goal at the top of the fourth quarter because, I'm sorry, Andy Reid just didn't have any confidence in Matt Amendola, neither would I, when he misses a field goal at gimme range earlier in the game. He cut him before he got on the plane. Yeah, Travis Kelsey drops a touchdown pass in the third quarter. All I'm saying is all of these things contributed to losing to the Colts, an inferior team from a talent standpoint. But then after that loss, everybody said, oh, this is where they miss Tyreek Hill. Let me tell you something. Kansas City Chiefs don't miss Tyreek Hill. No, they don't. They don't. don't. They don't don't need Tyreek Hill to be an explosive offense. Right now, they're fourth in the National Football League with explosive players on offense. And the only reason they're not hiring those rankings, Carlin, is because they took their foot off the gas in the second half of last night's game. That game was was not in doubt, I would say, from from the first quarter on. But once it got to 38-17, that 21-point lead, everybody knew what was happening. Yeah. Tom Brady wasn't going to come back in that game. It did not matter how close they got, if it was two touchdowns or whatever, because you knew that the Chiefs were going to come right back and score and extend it again. And you're right. They took the foot off the gas a couple of times. And what happened when they did? They just put their foot right back down (laughs) on it and didn't have any (laughs) trouble whatsoever. Again, Chris, against the defense that had played the best in the league up until yesterday through the free, f- first three weeks of the year, hadn't given up 10 points a game the first three weeks of the year. And they just absolutely destroyed him. As far as the flip play, here's Mahomes on that. First off, I missed the wide-open touchdown like the play before. I, or I got like in between, like I want to lob it to him or just dot, dot it on him. And so I was upset with myself there. Um, and then we rolled out, and they did a good job of kind of coming upfield, not, not going on that dive play that we kind of always run with Burton. Um, but I, I was able to use my speed to get a uh, little bit of speed to get around the edge there. Um, and then I was going to run for it, and they kind of flew around, and I, I realized I wasn't going to make it, and I saw Clyde, and so I just kind of flicked it up to him. When I spun, that kind of I think when the spin made me kind of decide to throw it again because I knew once I spin, I wasn't going to be able to build the speed to get in there. I was Before that, I was thinking about getting to the pylon, um, but once I spun, I, I realized that Clyde was open. Okay, that was like 12 decisions in about three right. seconds, <laughs> and amazing. I can't figure out what the hell I'm having for breakfast. I mean, honestly, that that just tells you where this guy's head is at and why he is so far advanced than anybody else. And, Chris, I we, we use the phrase force multiplier a lot when it comes to quarterbacks. The guy who is going to make everybody else around him better and more explosive. If there's been a better one in the last 10 to 15 years in the league, I don't know one because that's what he is. And if you think... Like, you're not clear on what I'm talking about? Look at what's going on in Green Bay right now with Aaron Rodgers and the guys. Is he making those guys better? No. Is Patrick Mahomes making his guys better without Tyreek Hill, an incredibly explosive player? Yes, in every single way. No question about it. And here's the beauty of Andy Reid, not only from a play design and play calling standpoint, but what he and Eric Bieniemy made a decision to do is if you're not going to be able to outrun people, we're just going to be bigger than people, and we're going to create personnel packages that make it tough for us to defend. Because last year when you had Tyreek Hill, you're talking about having a four-by-one track team, right? You, you got Tyreek Hill. You got Miko Hardman. You got all of these speedsters out there on the field, and it's like, okay, how do we keep up with all of these guys? 
And now with this receiving core looking a little bit different with Juju Smith-Schuster and having Mar- Mar- uh, MVS there, and you know, it, 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 it had to be a little bit different, Carlin. And what you've seen is them go with a more tight end-centric approach in terms of being able to create the mismatches. Before, it used to be speed at three for the Kansas City Chiefs offense. That was Tyreek Hill. Now that guy that's lining up at three in those three-by-one formations is Juju Smith-Schuster. And you saw exactly how they plan to use him early in the third quarter. They motioned to a three-by-one set, Carlin, and then they had Juju flare out for a little screen. But the reason they used the motion was to figure out whether it was man coverage. Saw that it was man coverage. The offensive lineman, Creed Humphrey, figured out exactly who to block, which was Carlton Davis. They blocked him through the little slot screen to Juju Smith-Schuster, and away we go for a big gainer in a first down. That creativity is what allows them to maintain that explosion. And in the NFL, there are two things that you cannot teach, Carlin. It's speed and it's size. And Kansas City said, you know what? The speed is too expensive. So we're going to go the size option. And we're going to have Juju out there with Travis Kelsey and out there with Fortson. And guess what? We've effectively got three tight ends. So if you want to try to match up with us in nickel personnel, we're going to ram it down your throat with the run game. They had 37 rushing attempts last night. If you're going to try to match us with base personnel, guess what? We'll do what we did in the third quarter with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and we'll line him up inside and force Levante David to carry him on a scene route. Yeah, good luck with that. A 40-yard completion later, we're talking about the Chiefs being in the red zone. It's those little nuances that separate the Kansas City Chiefs. Not only do they have a general generational talent in, in Pat Mahomes, but they got a head coach that knows exactly how to use his strengths and the strengths of the supporting cast in order to realize or maximize the potential of this offense. And I'm sorry, if they're going to dictate the complexion of the game by lighting up the scoreboard the way they did last night against that Bucks defense, there's not a team in the NFL that's got a prayer in hell against that team. None. None. I, I don't know how you would. I don't know how you could possibly think that you would be able to outscore them. It's, I don't think it's possible. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. We are just getting started on the Chiefs at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Hit us up, and we will get to more on the Chiefs in just a moment. Now, guys, first of all, if you are suffering from hair loss or worried about your hair, you got to check out Bosley. It's America's number one hair restoration experts. The sooner you take action, the more options you'll have for keeping and restoring your hair. It's too late for me. It's too late for me. Listen to what I say. Learn from my mistakes. Bosley has both surgical and non-surgical solutions to help you keep the hair you have and grow thicker, fuller hair where you need it the most. Right now, Bosley is giving away a free information kit and a $250 gift card toward a procedure. Just text Carlin to 203-203. You don't want to wait when it comes to your hair loss. Trust me. Just get the information. Learn what you can be doing right now to keep or grow your hair. People trust Bosley. They are truly the leaders in hair restoration. They have the most experience restoring hair, and experience matters. So what are you waiting for? Get your free Bosley info kit and a $250 off gift card when you text Carlin, C-A-R-L-I-N, to 203-203. Again, that's Carlin to 203-203. Get your hair back. With Bosley. Snap to Rogers, lost it over the middle. Touchdown! 
In the end, you know, Rodgers is just too good. Offensively, they can run the football. They certainly can throw it. This is the game we had to win. It can't be 2-2, two two, losing to a third-string quarterback. Mark these words, October 3rd. This offense is going to be better by the end of the season than with Devontae Adams. Danny, 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 Danny. We'll get to that. Whoa. <laughs> Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. I had to sit up in my chair when I heard that one. Mm. Wait a minute. Give us a minute. Let's talk about, first of all, what we saw with the Packers and the Patriots yesterday. I, I give some people credit, Joe Fortenbaugh among them, who thought that this was going to be a close game. And when you, listen, not that knocking Brian Hoyer out of the game is and hopefully he's fine don't get me wrong but brian hoyer was not going to go into green bay and inspire a lot of confidence around you and then you have to go to your third string quarterback and bailey zappy and the packers had to go to overtime to win the game at home what are we doing i mean i i don't know how anybody comes out of that feeling good about where the packers are and you know who really doesn't feel good about it I don't think the quarterback feels good about it. Here's Aaron Rodgers. This is a game we had to win, for sure. I mean, you can't can't be 2-2, two and two, losing to a third-string quarterback and not playing great in all three phases. So we had to have this one. This way of winning, I don't think it's sustainable because it's just puts too much pressure on our defense. And obviously, i got to play better and will play better. Look, they've got a good defense, but the the Patriots ran the football at them. Mm-hmm. And there was... It, like, the Patriots may have well have lined up with the wing tee when they put Bailey Zappi <laughs> out on the field yesterday, Chris, because it's not like they were going to be chucking it all over the lot in no. that spot. I, I can't get over the fact that the Packers, frankly, are 3-1 and one where they are right now, and the quarterback right there uh, is kind of blown away by that fact, too. Well, two things. First of all, Aaron Rodgers is not being hyperbolic when he said they had to win the game. They yeah. knew the result of the game over in London where the Minnesota Vikings took care of their business against the Saints thanks to the double doink. So, in effect, Minnesota is sitting up top of the division at 3-1, and one, and even if the Packers were to win that game just to keep pace, the Vikings would have the head-to-head tiebreaker. So that's a problem in and of itself for Green Bay. That's what it is. So there's a heightened degree of urgency for them to take care of their business, especially when they're up against a third-string quarterback. Now, the other thing that bothered me from the Green Bay's perspective after watching that game is the run defense for the Packers. Yeah, now, I get it. The Patriots can run the football, and we saw that a couple of weeks ago when we covered that game against the Ravens. They can run the ball, so I'll give New England credit. But here's the problem with this, Carlin. When they've got their third-string quarterback in the game, what do you think Bill Belichick is going to lead with on offense? Yeah. Running the football. So you knew that they were going to run it. They knew that you knew they were going to run it, and there wasn't a damn thing you could do about it. Carlin, 167 yards rushing, 5.1 a pop. That's what the Green Bay defense gave up. We said coming into this year that if Green Bay was going to be a true title contender, they had to be led by what? Their defense and Aaron Rodgers making a handful of throws at opportune times to be the difference in the game. Well, Aaron Rodgers made a handful of throws, after Bailey Zappi in overtime missed Hunter Henry on a crossing route that would have converted a third and five around midfield and got them closer to field goal range. So be thankful that the third-string quarterback doesn't quite know the playbook and didn't go through the progression in the proper time to be able to catch Hunter Henry in stride to make that conversion. But let's remember this. The Green Bay Packers were going into halftime with a lead. And what did Aaron Rodgers do? He forced the issue 
trying to throw a ball to Alan Lazard, not one of the rookie receivers, to Alan Lazard, and what did it end up being? A pick six by Jack Jones that gives the Patriots the three-point lead going into halftime. Aaron Rodgers gave that Patriots team life by making that one mistake. And then all of a sudden he's frustrated at how hard it was to to dispatch of the New England Patriots after you allow a team on their third-string quarterback to hang around and gain some confidence. See, that's the problem that I have with this Green Bay Packers squad. They do have talent, Carlin. They do. But there's something off with the chemistry of this team, and that's what keeps me from buying into them being a true title contender. Look, Chris, we're going to look at the Packers in three weeks. They're going to be 6-1, and one, and everybody's going to be talking about the Super Bowl. And it's not going to mean a damn thing because they're going to beat the Giants, they're going to beat the Jets, and they're going to beat Washington. They're, okay, good for you. You're going to beat those three teams. You're going to be 6-1, and one, and everybody's going to think that all of a sudden the Packers have got it right. This is This is not a great team. This is no. this is a team that is benefiting right now from a couple of different things that have worked to their favor, but they're squeaking by, and Aaron Rodgers sees it, and he knows that he does not have a great team right now. And then uh, this morning, Dan Orlovsky on Get Up. The Packers, look, I get feeling good about them being 3-1. and one. What I don't get is thinking that somehow – when we get to the end of the year, they're going to be better than they were at the end of last year. Their explosive just looks different to us because their explosive is all these moving parts pre-snap and post-snap. They lead the NFL in yards after catch. They're second in the NFL in explosive passes because they're so RPO-paced. These young players are coming on. I'm telling everybody, mark mark these words, October 3rd. This offense is going to be better by the end of the season than when it was last year with Devontae Adams. Nope, nope, nope. Danny, I love you. Absolutely not. No chance. No chance. Because that offense, Chris, yesterday should have been able, if that were true, should have been able to put up 35 points and make the game not even in question, let alone what happened. And you are right. That defense, I mean, if, if I mean, you could put 15 in the box yesterday yeah. and they wouldn't have been able to stop the run. No. And that's brutal. No. And Aaron Rodgers pulled out all the stops, right? He had to muddle huddle. That uh, thought that gave the New England Patriots defense what they thought was an opportunity to substitute, got up to the line of scrimmage and tried to snap the ball. Now, Bill Belichick called timeout on one of them to stop it. The next time he did it, Adrian Phillips pulled a vet move and stayed down on one knee. Injury timeout, so you can't do it. But Aaron Rodgers was doing everything that he could to try to put away the New England Patriots. And yet, you're talking about that game going down to a last-second field goal at the end of overtime. I get it. There are no style points in the NFL, but based on what it looks like and based on what we think the strengths of this team should be from a personnel standpoint, I I can't buy into the Green Bay Packers being the team to beat in the NFC, being a true title contender. And, Carlin, I'll take it a step further. I don't know that they're going to win their division. I don't know that they're going to win their division. To say – that you won't have... I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Vikings defense right now. No, I don't have faith in the Vikings defense <laughs> either, but I got a hell of a lot more faith in their offense than I do the Packers offense. I do. That's fair. You know what I'm saying? I do. And so when you start talking about offenses that we don't have questions about in the NFC... The, the Vikings are not one. The, the Vikings, they don't have no the, Viking, the Vikings are not a team I have questions about. Yeah. I don't have questions about the Eagles offense. I don't have questions about the Vikings offense. Everybody else, we're going to have to look at under a microscope. But those two offenses can score points. That's not what the Green Bay Packers are at. 
Be a part of the Canty and Carlin Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Hit us up, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. And in college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. All right, we got a lot today. Excited, excited with all the football we have to discuss and more of it tonight with Monday Night Football and the Rams and the 49ers. Up next, though, we do have some breaking news within the last little bit regarding Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami game against the Jets this week. We will get that to you. And is a $40 million a year quarterback about to lose his starting job? That's on the way. Next, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? The radio call the other night from 560 WQAM in Miami. It's Canty and Carlin. On ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, well, actually, on the ESPN app. There you go. Now, again, you just open up the ESPN app, you click watch, bang, there we are. We got the biggest show in sports radio. Exactly. Pound for pound, Physically, absolutely, no doubt. (laughs) Like, we would be, if you really think about it, we'd be a hell of a tag team. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, I could play left tackle, you'd be the left guard. Could you imagine that double team? Yeah, I'm not going to pull, though. I'm not. A, I'm not. You're not. You're guard. not one of those guys that's just going to get out on the edge. No. You're no. just all about the double team and going straight forward straight on the, power. Ba- the base block. Thirty-two belly option. There Let's you, go. There you go. I like it. I like it, big fella. <laughs> Let's I welcome like in it. our front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum, who joins us right now. Tua is not playing. That was just announced within the last hour this coming weekend against the Jets. Mike, uh, great to be with you as always. How are you? 
Oh, I don't. I, what are we going to call her? Ebony and Ivory? What are we going to call ourselves here? I don't know. <laughs> okay. So, so we, <laughs> wow. I don't even know if we want to take it there. No, whatever. Yeah. I, listen, I think we would do some real damage, though. No, question. no doubt. Mike, no let's, question. let's get right to it and let's uh, talk about Tua and how this whole situation has been handled. What is your take on what's transpired here over the last few days? I have uh, three suggestions to change the process. Number one would be any gross motor instability, meaning if Tua looked like the way he did uh, against the Bills, regardless of how we got there, then they're out of the game, period, end of story. Number two, any player in concussion protocol misses the next three games. And I know that sounds really firm and maybe too much, but uh, my thinking is you protect players from themselves because they're competitive by nature. Um, but over the next 10 years, while you may get some you know, uh, results that aren't just, uh, it'll be across the board. And then thirdly, I would have the final say uh, for in-game analysis of if a player has a concussion, the final say would be with the unaffiliated neurotrauma consultant, not with the team physician, which is currently the rule. So I would make those three changes, um, and hopefully we get a better result for the sport we all love. Mike, yesterday in Pittsburgh, we saw Mike Tomlin have a short lease for Mitch Trubisky, pulled him at halftime, and went with Kenny Pickett. Some up-and-down results, although the offense did show more life with Pickett. Mike, I've been uh, uh, an advocate for Kenny Pickett being the guy from day one, and I said it yesterday, if he was ready to step in and try to save the day in week four, he was ready to be the opening day starter. What happens with the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback situation moving forward, and how do you like the way Mike Tomlin's handled it? Yeah, I mean, I think we're talking about a new Pittsburgh Steelers era, guys. Candidly, like, they're they're in a rebuild mode. You know, their offensive line looks like it. Their defense looks like it. And I think now you know that you have a Hall of Fame coach and you just got to figure out where you are with the quarterback. And I think now it's just about developing the quarterback moving forward. And I think you can't go back to Trubisky at this point. And um, you just have to now ride with Kenny Pickett and just try to get him ready for 2023. Um, I don't think the cupboard's bare, but when you look at them and, you know, they couldn't stop Zach Wilson, um, it's hard to think that they're going to be able to compete with Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and all the other powers in the AFC. Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN NFL front office insider, joining Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Mike, what did you make of John Harbaugh's decision to go for it on fourth down as opposed to kicking the field goal? Yeah, another great coach who I thought made a bad decision. And the reason was um, very simply that if they kick the field goal, the only way they lose the game is to a touchdown. So I thought, like, kick the field goal, take the lead. You're going against Josh Allen. But even if you just play great red zone defense, you could get into overtime. So I felt like while you want the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands, I understand it, but with that time left in the game, guys, like, take the lead. Mike T, got to ask you about what happened in MetLife Stadium yesterday. The New York Giants got another win. They're 3-1, and one, and it's largely off the back of Saquon Barkley, who had a career-high 31 rush attempts and 162 yards from scrimmage. What are you making of him, and what do the Giants ultimately do with Saquon long-term? You know, Chris, I think sometimes we overcomplicate things. I really do. Like, he's a good player. He's high character. He cares deeply. Like, keep those players. Sign him to an extension. Now, look, we could get into a debate of, you know, what's a running back worth and some of these Christian McCaffrey deals or Kamara deals, and I get that. Ooh. And you could cer- certainly slug it out at the negotiation table. But if we're building an NFL team amongst the three of us guys, like, 
Don't we want players to look and be productive and explosive like Saquon Barkley? Like, isn't that the object of the exercise? Now, again, what the value is, that's a different discussion, but I'm all in on Saquon. Mike, are you trying to get something done sooner rather than later with Saquon before the trade deadline if you're not going to be able to get to a number that you're comfortable with? Yeah, absolutely. You know, for a number of reasons, though, like, I, I want to settle the franchise down. There's been a lot of upheaval, coach, GM, and just say, hey, like I just know from being a GM guy, like when you sign somebody to an extension, you're, you're se- telling your um, locker room, this is what I stand for. And I think, you know, this would be a good sign. Like, hey, he's from Pennsylvania. We drafted him. He's a great player. He's had durability issues, but this is a foundational piece, and, and we're all in on Saquon and what he stands for. And, I would just work really hard with his agent just to come up with something that's reasonable in the middle. Um, probably have to really fight it out on the amount that's guaranteed. But look, if you're ever going to overpay somebody, overpay your own. Mike, and, and I want to I want to get back to this conversation about Saquon from the standpoint of the trade deadline because I think what Carlin was saying was if you can't come to an agreement on the number of what his value is to the franchise, would you consider trading him this year at the trade deadline? I, I probably wouldn't um, unless somebody knocked my socks off and then maybe try sign him again. You know, you could always transition him, franchise. Like, there's other things you can do. Um, but I, I, I'm just hard-pressed to trade him because you're letting a really talented player walk out the door, and I'm all about collecting those players, not trading them away. All right, talking with ESPN NFL front office insider Mike Tannenbaum on Canyon and Carlin. Last one for me, Mike. When should the Dallas Cowboys go back to Dak Prescott? When he's healthy, um, you know, right now, Cooper Rush put it best. They're winning because of that defense, and let's give him credit. 102 attempts, no INTs, that's great. Um, but for them to get to where they want to go and score with the Philadelphias of the world, they got to put in their, you know, their great quarterback. I'm all in on Dak. I think he's a great player, and uh, I wouldn't rush him back. You know, it's a thumb on his throwing hand. You know, that's a thumb that they need for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. He has a lot of great football ahead of him and you know they're they're doing fine with cooper rush but as soon as he's ready to go and it's medically safe i would put him back in mike great stuff we appreciate it thanks very much all right guys appreciate it. thank you take care mike tannenbaum espn nfl front office insider joining us is mike right do the cowboys immediately go back to dak as soon as he is healthy plus we actually just got confirmation as to why tyreek hill Chose to go to Miami over the Jets. Mm. Within the last few minutes, he gave you the reason, and it's not football-related. You're going to want to hear it next. Canteen Carlin, ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
loved. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Story of the day on Saturday was Bryce Young getting uh, injured, injured his shoulder in Alabama's win at Arkansas. That game was here on ESPN Radio. And they won 49-26. And, of course, Nick Saban is going to get asked about it after the game. And, of course, Nick Saban, uh, being Nick Saban, is going to be, you know, somewhat difficult about that. Coach, your Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young goes down. The rest of the team steps up. What did you learn about the resiliency of this squad today? Well, you know, what I'd like to talk about is our team. You know, our team just won a game on the road. It wasn't pretty all the time, but they made plays when they had to make them. We love Bryce. Bryce has got a sprained shoulder. You know, hopefully, you know, we'll get some diagnosis on him and see how he goes. But what about the game? What about the team? What about the players that play the game? Actually, Nick, that's what she asked. She, she asked, asked about the resilience. She said, what about the resilience of your team? What did they show you with your Heisman Trophy winner being digged up? She asked the question properly. Yes. And he deflected completely. At least properly in his mind. Because what is America thinking when you go in and win as a three-touchdown favorite, but the Heisman Trophy winner gets hurt? What do they want the first question to be? About the Heisman Trophy winner, Nick. Exactly. <laughs> Especially with the Heisman Trophy winner potentially being out in a game that you're going up against a team that you lost to last year in Texas A&M. Now, you just ran it down for me. Run down this, this gauntlet. Oh, that man. This schedule for Alabama. I mean, they've got A&M. Now, the good thing is A&M will be at home. That won't be at Kyle Field and College Station. But then after that, they're on the road against the fighting Josh Heupels at Tennessee which is the eighth-ranked team in the country. I hope they beat Tennessee yeah. by 50. Then they're, then they're home against Mississippi State, 23rd-ranked team in the country. Yep. Then they're on the road against LSU, 25th-ranked team in the country. And then on the road again against the Fighting Lane Kiffins at Ole Miss, number nine-ranked team in the country. Mm-hmm. So it is an absolute gauntlet that they are about to run right now. And I guess that's what we should come to expect because it is the SEC West. But still, Carlin, without Bryce Young, I don't know if those games are going to be as lopsided or if we can assign those W's to Alabama. I just don't know that we can do that Oh, I don't think you can automatically. No, not without Bryce Young. Now, listen, uh, as you were making the point the other day about Ohio State, somebody gets hurt, you know, another five-star guy lines up, but that's a little different at quarterback in the SEC at that point. I mean, with that kind of a run coming up, uh, Bryce Young is a – Listen, I'm not breaking any news here. No, he's, he's a tremendous he's player. He's special. Now, he, here's the thing. Alabama can still run the football, and that's yeah. exactly what they did against Arkansas. Yep. They ran, their it, they ran line, it until the running backs hit, the, hit their heads on the goal. Uh, they, their offensive line will just beat the ever-loving daylights out of you. By the way, that interview was from uh, CBS Sports with Jenny Dell. And, Nick, just listen to the whole question next time. Wouldn't kill you. I mean, uh, he blacked out when he heard Bryce Young. Raj under pressure, throws deep, skinny post, lock in, CD Cooper Rush a heck of a lot better than I thought he'd be. I just can't say enough about how his play has done for this team this season. No, they shouldn't stick with Cooper Rush if Dak Prescott is healthy and ready to go. What they should do is stick to the Cooper Rush game plan. He, he doesn't have the talent to take that offense to a different level, and that's why I don't think there'll be a controversy. Controversy is just not the right word here. I mm. I get where people are coming from with this, 
But we're going to explain why this is different in just a moment. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on ESPN Plus, hit us up at a Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We talked about the Chiefs earlier. We're going to get to the Eagles here soon. Is it the Chiefs and the Eagles and then everyone else? Who is the best of the rest? We'll hit your calls here coming up. In just a bit. Two things. Number one, and I thought this is a great answer, Tyreek Hill, uh, not within the last 20 minutes. Of course, we remember that when he got traded by the Chiefs, it came down to the Dolphins and the Jets. Yeah. And the Chiefs had packages in place with each team, and they were ready to uh, make a deal with either team, and they kind of left it up to Tyreek Hill at that point. And he picked them, the Dolphins. And so he was asked today, what was the difference? Two words. State taxes. <laughs> Done deal. Why, why pay those state taxes? What is it, 8 9% in New Jersey? It's a lot. Why pay that when I can go down to South Florida and play zero? Yeah. I mean, the federal government's already taking 40%. And play 40, the sun. The federal government's already taking 40% of my check. Why do I want to donate an additional 8% to the state that I'm playing in? Well, he will no, thanks. Uh, I'll keep that, especially when you're making $30 million. At least you're being honest about it. At yeah. least you're being honest about it. Then keep then, it real. And, and, and listen, as far as the Cowboys are concerned, This is not a controversy. Cooper Rush is doing a nice job. Mm. He is a very good backup quarterback. Is he someone that has the potential to be a starter down the line? Maybe. Maybe somewhere else. I don't think he's ever going to be a star. I think he's a good game manager who is doing what the Cowboys are asking of him. But please, let's not for a moment confuse what Cooper Rush does versus what Dak Prescott does and this is coming from at least me, and I, I'm not sure if Canty feels the same, someone that doesn't think that Dak's even a top-10 quarterback. Like I, I think he's just on the outside looking in. So with that in mind, that's how much I think of Dak and how much – it's not even what I think of him, of what he is. He's infinitely better than Cooper Rush is, and the Cowboys' chances to go uh, far into the playoffs – go exponentially up with Dak Prescott as their quarterback. There shouldn't be a discussion here. No, there's not a quarterback controversy, but I do think we have to see how much discretion the Dallas Cowboys are going to have with when they bring Dak Prescott back. I think that's the biggest thing with what's happening because Cooper Rush has bought you time. Since Dak went down, all the Cowboys have done is win football games. Now I think it's more because of the defense than the offense. I will agree with Cooper Rush with that. But Cooper Rush has also shown me the ability to make the plays when they're there. Like, CeeDee Lamb runs not a double move, but a triple move, a post-corner, post-route, and gets hit right in stride by Cooper Rush, and and it's a touchdown. And so when you see plays like that, you recognize that this is a quarterback that has a firm grasp on the offense. He can operate the system. He's not going to do too much. He's going to take advantage of the players that are around him. He doesn't panic which is something that's good to see. Like, there was a check down to Ezekiel Elliott, and it was clear that Cooper Rush went through his entire progression. Nothing was there. Slid outside of the pocket, checked it down to Zeke. You got a 20-yard gainer for a first down. Those types of plays are winning football plays. Yep. And that's what you need from your quarterback. The fear that you and I both share is whether or not Dak Prescott is going to be able to give you some of those same elements in that offense, understanding that this offense doesn't have to be last year's outfit. You don't have to lead the league in points and yards. That's not what's going to win you a championship. Your defense is going to win you a championship, and then you stepping up and making some plays throughout the game, 
that are special, that are plays that we usually see from top 10 to 12 quarterbacks. That's what Dak Prescott has to understand. That's how Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy have to call the game. And so I'm interested to see when Dak gets back, how that happens. But here's the deal. I don't need to see Dak against the Los Angeles Rams, which is who they got in week five. And I probably don't need to see him against the Philadelphia Eagles, which is who they have in week six. Let Cooper Rush take those lumps against those pass rushes and let's bring Dak back with a soft place to land. And quickly, here is Stephen Jones on how they're going to determine when he plays on 105.3 The Fan. I think the biggest thing of all is Dak. I mean, Dak feeling like he can throw the ball a hundred, you know, at a hundred percent. I mean, that's going to come down to being able to grip the ball, that thumb being able to, uh, you know, for him to grip the ball how he likes to grip it, uh, to have the accuracy, to have the strength uh, that he needs to make the throws that he needs to make, uh, you know, in a game uh, to have success. And that'll all be dependent uh, on how he feels. Here's what I just heard: He's going to come back when he's near 100. percent That and yes, it is. It does depend on how he feels. But don't let his feeling of trying to get back on the field sooner rather than later because of what's going on influence the decision. You're right. This has done nothing but bought the Cowboys' choices. Check out Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.